From our WFUV studios in the Bronx, New York, it's the Pick and Pot. Drop us a voicemail at 347-903-WFUV. Now, here are your hosts, Kenny Ducey and Matt Rosenfeld. Basketball back. Tonight. Pick and Pod back. Tonight. Today. Today. This morning. October 20th, 2014. Welcome into the pod. Kenny Ducey, Matt Rosenfeld, Kevin Kelly uh, in a... In a Union College hockey hat. That's right. And it's usually, a sweet I was, hat. I was expecting Thank a you, Jazz sir. get up today, man. Well, What's we're not on? playing today, so I'm going to wait till it's tomorrow. Ah, all right, nice. all right, all right. Yeah, I got it unlocked. We are here with you on WFUVSports.org. We got Jared Dubin on the way from Hardwood Paroxysm to help preview the NBA season that tips off tonight with three games. Then tomorrow, Knicks Bulls, huge game in New York. And a, hu- a national game. Huge season in New York. Well, a lot of changes in, at Madison Square Garden, and a lot of people have very high expectations when you bring in names like Phil Jackson and Derek Fisher. So, and I think it could start a little ugly. I don't think it's all going to mesh right away. I, I'm not saying they won't make the playoffs. I just don't think it'll mesh as well as people might expect. I, I know you can't say a lot about one game, but last year, those they, first couple of games that the Knicks played, they look good. I don't see. I don't think that. I don't think so. They they barely beat. Like the Wolves, right? Didn't they play? They beat, was it the Wolves they played earlier? No, it was the Bucks. And they beat, they, I'm pretty sure they beat Miami in one of the first games of the year. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah. So that's that's the thing. Like it's It won't be know. that exciting this year. I can almost promise you that. It's just too different of a team. And this is one of the one of the few times you hear about a whole new system getting implemented with the triangle offense. Yeah. And a lot like it is in football, you expect teams to struggle. But in basketball, we don't think about it so much. But you're going to see the struggles, I think. I think that this is a big season because, I mean, everyone kind of knows that it's a big season because, you know, we don't know what the triangle's going to look like. The triangle's back in the NBA, just in general. Back. Um, which, is, which is cool. But, uh, yeah, Fisher, I mean, he's an unknown at coach. You talk about, you know, Jason Kidd last year. We were in these, you know, we were in these same seats talking about well, what's he going to look like as a coach. You know, it, it like is he going to be able to do it? Young coaches are the hot. That was thing. unprecedented. Yeah, right he, out of and, the league, and then, they step into yeah. a coaching job. Him, Jason Kidd, and that's another interesting thing we'll end up talking about but as Jason well. Jason Kidd now with the Bucks. Yeah, oh, that was a mess. Jabari too, yeah. under Jason Kidd. Just saying. Well, and the Greek freak. You know, Carmelo starting to get a little older than you'd like. Not terribly old yet. Still definitely in his prime, but. Is he like? Is he willing to not waste, but go through this? Well, he doesn't he's have a said choice. That already, because he, I mean, when he signed, that was kind of his. Yeah, but it's one thing to go through to say you're going to do it, and then when the Knicks are five and fifteen, how is he going to feel? See, that's how I look at it too. I'm definitely with you on that. What do you think, Ken? I think that there are going to be there are going to be some interesting quotes uh, if they <laughs> go five and fifteen. I mean, I think he. But he kind of said that preseason, like he doesn't expect them to go, you know, win the finals this year. I mean, I I don't think that anyone does. I don't does think he expect does. them to make the playoffs? Uh, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I, I I he understands that it's going to take at least a year. And the thing about him resigning, and we never actually spoke about him resigning, or well, we I mean, we kind of did on not much though in the summer, but you know, it's they have a lot of cap space coming up, and he's going to get a lot of immediate help. From that free agent pool, uh, whether it be Marcus Saul, who the Knicks are reportedly targeting. I mean, yeah, I'm like I'm targeting a model girlfriends. I mean, everyone's kind of. <laughs> I mean, everyone knew that they were targeting Marcus Saul. Everyone wants Marcus Saul. Um, so he's gonna get some immediate help there, and then you have a nice young nucleus 
someone will kind of develop out of there. Like, is Amon Shumper going to take that next step this year? Is Tim Hardaway Jr. going to play defense? Uh, I, I don't know. I still, I'm still not sold on Timmy. Um, I mean, you got Larkin. You've got all these, you know, Ware, all these, Denasis, all these developmental projects. Those are guys that could two, three years down the road pay off in, in a role player, you know, kind of role. Um, so I don't know. Looking, I, I think he sees, he sees the future. And then you have a guy like Phil Jackson who's very, you know, the opposite of Jim Dolan when it comes to basketball decisions. Hmm. Derek Fisher is just a great leader out there. So that's a good situation for Melo right now. I know he's 30, but I think that, well, that is, he's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You made a good good point about Derek Fisher as a leader. I'm very interested to see how he operates as a coach, how players view him in, in times of adversity, because it's one thing to respect him you know, as a director of the Players Association and as a coach during preseason, but when, when you know, bad things hit the fan – since we're a public radio operation here. Yes. I wonder how it's going to go. I'm really interested to see that because a coach, coaching just means so much. And if he can't handle the heat, the Knicks operation could, no pun intended, go up in flames. I mean, we saw, I was out there at Summer League. Um, Thanks for declining my invite, guys, by the way. Um, I had work. Some of us were working. Seriously. Yeah, whatever. Um, (laughs) This guy gets to just go to Vegas, hang out, he looked, he looked watch like, basketball. He looked like a good. He was very hands on. He he sat in the you know in the middle of his players on the bench. Now I, I mean it's a little different when you're at summer league. He looked like, he looked like a camp counselor with his tucked in polo and cargo shorts. <laughs> but um, I mean he, you know he he was putting his hands on players. He was talking to him. He, he really it seems like he likes teaching. He says the right things. And then you look at at MSG. He stands up at the podium. He's not just going to sit here and talk to everybody. <laughs> It's a completely new regime. I like it a lot. Same thing, hopefully, can be said about the Nets with Lionel Hollins, Matt. Well, it was an absolute mess when Jason Kidd left. I I vividly remember it. It was more of a confusion. What's going on? Who does this guy think he is? I, you know, I try not to get emotional about it. I'm not even a Nets fan, but having been so close to the team, I was just kind of like, who do you think you are, Jason Kidd? But they kind of came out of it as the better, if I... On the better side, if I may say so. For you getting know, a pick, that's great. I mean, you get a good coach in Lionel Hollins. You know, was great they got a Grizzlies pick a couple for years a ago. guy that was leaving anyway. I didn't even think he was that good a coach anyway. He had a bunch of guy assistants on the bench that were highly paid. That usually, I mean, I saw them in the huddles drawing up plays sometimes for him. He definitely probably got, he was probably one of those few times that you were overrated and underrated at the same time. You know, the Nets made a sick turnaround and became this this long ball, small ball team. He used Sean Livingston. Probably got Sean Livingston his contract in Golden State. But to see him gone wasn't really the end of the world. And Lionel Holland's a very proven commodity. He got the Grizzlies to go deep into the Western Conference playoffs. I'm very excited for the new regime in Brooklyn. And I think that kind of coach Lionel Hollins is, is exactly what they need with veterans like KG, D-Will, and Joe Johnson going for them. We were talking earlier about the Jets and coaches and how coaches kind of can change everything. And I don't think that that is kind of the same in basketball, at least at the moment. I I think that the Nets personnel is atrocious at the moment. um, And and their situation in terms of the near future is pretty bad in terms of the what they got. They got a pick this year, but then they have like no picks. No picks for a while. But for a while. You see, here's the thing, though. I think the near future is not nearly as bleak as the, you know, the five to eight years down the road. Okay, because, but, because, are, but are you going to hang on to Lionel Hollins in four years when he has a losing record as Nets coach or, no, or but close that, to the, losing? The point is you don't have to. 
Lionel Hollins is clearly He's kind this, of a stopgap kind of this three four year guy until this this run of you know names. So how does that make him feel? Listen, I don't think he knows he that. He's Matt. getting a paycheck. He's getting a paycheck, and he doesn't know that. And you know what? If he succeeds, he gets to stick around. Or if he succeeds, and then you know if he shows enough success where another team will give him a chance, he's earning his next job, even if it is with the Nets, his next contract. But the Nets will obviously run out this group of names, you know, the ones I just mentioned. And, you know, they have a not much going forward, but they can get a new coach and with their lack of picks, create an entirely new team heading into the, the next decade. There are a couple of young guys, though, too. I mean, you look at Plumlee showed some good things for Team I like USA. I'm big. He, I, I was he has big a decent future in, October, in the NBA, so. I believe. And then Bogdanovich. Toledovich, too. Toledovich as well. So those Nets, guys offer a little bit of hope. And they drafted bit. Markel listen, Brown. They bought that pick this year. Corey Jefferson. I'm, listen, no one's saying the Nets are going to be world beaters in five years. But there are teams that will be in much worse positions than the Nets who will probably be an 8-12 to 12 team in the East five through eight years down the road. Nets, by the way, six international players this year. Yeah, I saw that. Twice as many, thanks to Nets PR, the only as team, they've ever had in their history the only in team. one season. Well, there's a record 101 international players in the NBA now. I just saw yeah. that headline this morning. Yeah, it's the crazy. NBA does it's love like her. mostly the Spurs, though. Yeah, it's like 50% <laughs> yeah, Spurs. It feels they, have, like, they have 50 of them. Like. It feels like it. The Nets also have the only player in the NBA from Mexico in Jorge Gutierrez. Oh. And... You know, all right. I think he's only like the third or fourth ever, too, right? You know, good for good for Jorge. Sidebar before we get to Jared, what the hell NBA? Why do we not have Andre Blatch in the league? Why is he in China? Why can't we play? Why can't we see Andre Blatch play? <laughs> I don't know. I'm so I, upset. I'm he's so not upset that there's no. He Blatch. got greedy. You know, I, he probably did earn another contract, but his his future. I mean, his past actions and he played well he, he played, played very last well year. I was yeah, a, listen i was on. a huge andre blatch guy but he's got some funny off the court stuff for what it is back. you know half filipino like for all he does off the court his antics he's probably not worth it well he also had that thing in washington right where there was like that was, he was yeah exactly like, the assault or whatever exactly nah, 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 he's his know. antics are <laughs> mostly funny but can also you know <laughs> straddle the line all right time now to welcome in our guest jared dubin at Dubin 5 on Twitter. He writes at Grantland, Bleacher Report, Hardwood Paroxysm, and then, uh, of course, you can find his tweets on Twitter.com. Jared, man, how's it going? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me back, guys. For sure. Glad we could kick off this season with you. And uh, we got to start with the Knicks here because uh, they start tomorrow night, and a lot's been made of them over the offseason. They get, obviously, Derek Fisher, new coach, new system, with Phil Jackson coming in last year. Um, my first question is how is they, are they going to adjust to the triangle? And I mean, how long is it going to take this team? I don't know if we can expect them to have it mastered in the first couple of months. Do you? No, I don't think that we can. Um, our friend Chris Herring at the Wall Street Journal wrote about this uh, a few weeks ago. The uh, the Bulls and the Lakers in each of their first seasons playing the triangle didn't have their best offensive month of the, of the season until January or February. And you've heard Melo say it, you've heard JR say it, and you've heard Fisher say it. It's going to take them a little while to learn all the proper reads and everything and what to do. I don't think you'll see them being an especially strong offensive team right away. Now, they'll have good games and everything, but it won't be consistent until they get sort of, you know, midway through the year or more when they really learn how to see everything on the court every night. Well, as a Knicks fan, that's not too encouraging, but we'll see how it comes. My question, Jared, I guess. Derek Fisher, new head coach. I, I take a lot of, uh, you know, I take a lot of 
I guess I can't really think of the word, but coaches are very important, as we know. And put a lot of stock into it. Yeah, I put a lot of stock into it. How how is Derek Fisher? How do you think he's going to shape up as a coach? Will he be able to lead this team going forward with a multitude of veterans, Carmelo Anthony, a big star, and a few young guys too? I mean, he's got someone really good to learn from in Phil Jackson. You know, he spent a lot of time this offseason talking about, you know, I'm not Phil Jackson. And I think he needs to make it very clear that he's a different guy with different strengths and weaknesses and things like that. But he's someone who's been, you know, very respected around the league for a long time. Um, The players around the league almost universally respect him a great deal. And um, a lot of that's because he was president of the Players Association. Now, whether he did a great job with that after you saw the players get destroyed in the last lockout is up for debate, but it's without question that the players respect him. They listen to his voice. And, you know, you can tell from the young guys, Schumpert, Larkin, Hardaway, they all look up to him. You know, those are guys that grew up watching Derek Fisher win championships. And uh, I think it means a lot to young guys like that to be able to have someone who – they know and also played in the league with and know as a player, uh, teaching them how to do these things, especially when he's coaching a system that, you know, he ran for a lot of years as a guy who won championships as a point guard. It helps a lot. Uh, Jared, before we move over to the Nets, I had a quick question about Travis Ware. Uh, you were talking about him early on, or, or I think everyone really on Twitter was, was talking about him. The way he was playing in the preseason was pretty nice and uh, you know, you were saying if you're going to stash him in the D-League, you kind of don't want to show him that, you know, show other teams that he's this good. Phil Jackson came out in that interview with ESPN. He said that he thought Travis Ware was impressive, but he needed some time in a D-League. Uh, he's 24, he's 6'10", he makes the roster. Uh, how exciting is this uh, to have a kind of a 15th man like this? Nice story, kind of part one to this question. And also, I mean, did you agree with that trade with the Travis Outlaw thing? I mean, well, why did they do that? Why didn't they just eat that money? Well, I liked keeping Ware over Travis Outlaw. You know, you like you just said, I thought he showed some really nice things in preseason. The thing about stashing him in the D-League was I meant if they were going to cut him and then try to put him in the D-League, I thought that some other team would claim him off the waivers because he was shown well. Um, obviously, they made the, the Outlaw trade instead and waived Arnett Moultrie. Um, you know, they, they did it to save a little bit of money. They saved like $1.1 million or $1.9 million on the salary bill and then another maybe four point six or so on the luxury tax bill. So, I mean, that's the justification for it right there. Um, I do think Ware looks like a pretty nice player. I, you know, I doubt that he contributes in a very significant way this season just because there are so many guys ahead of him. But if injuries come up and he needs to step on the court, I would feel, you know, more confident in him going out there than I would have been in Outlaw based on what I saw from Outlaw the last few years and then what I saw from Ware in both the summer and the preseason. A lot of interesting stories coming from uh, Madison Square Garden this year. If you don't mind, I'm going to move over the East River to the Brooklyn Nets. You know, they got a new coach too, new style. Lionel Hollins I thought was a great hire. So how different are they going to look this year, Jared? Can we expect a completely different Nets team this year? Well, I think that... You know, just in terms of the the kind of players they have on the court, they're going to have to look different. You know, last year a lot of that small ball, long ball look, whatever you want to call it, was based on, you know, Paul Pierce playing as a small ball power forward and then Sean Livingston out there as kind of a co-point guard who could also defend wings. And both of those guys are gone. 
it's going to be a much more traditional looking lineup this year, whether it's KG or Brooke Lopez or Mason Plumley. I would think that they're going to have, you know, two bigs out there most of the time. That's how Lionel Holland played in Memphis. And that's how he said he wants to play this year with the Nets. Now, Jared, I'm looking at the East, and uh, we'll get to the your prediction for the Knicks and Nets a little a little later. And sorry to put you on the spot, um, but you know I think that there are two spots open in the East, and really four teams competing with them. You know, for them at least, New York is one, and I think Brooklyn is another. Is it fair to say that the they have a shot at the seven or eight seed this year? Yeah, I think they both have a shot. You know, it'll be difficult to make it, you know, for either one of them, I think. They're they're sort of in the mix for that six, seven, eight spot with maybe two or three other teams. It's going to be tough, you know, um, especially because they're both going to get leapfrogged by a team that didn't make the playoffs last year in Cleveland. And obviously the Knicks came in ninth last season, um, and that's a little bit higher up in the bracket. But, again, they're losing, you know, a bunch of guys from last season's team and a lot of the identity that last season's team had. And starting over from scratch, you know, between those two teams, uh, maybe Miami, Indiana, Detroit, they're all going to be competing sort of at the bottom of the bracket. Only two or three of them can get in. Hey, Jared, this is Kevin stepping in for a second. So I have a question about Darren Williams, because at the end of last season, there was a lot of tension rumored between him and the organization. Obviously, fans were kind of calling for his head. There were posters in Brooklyn. You know, where's Darren Williams? Uh, do you think, depending on how this season starts, they'll look to trade him at some point? I'm not sure. I mean, he's one of the guys who's sort of a face of the franchise type. And, you know, you've seen with uh, players who have large contracts and injury problems how difficult they are to trade. And, you know, it's not like Darren Williams is, you know, a terrible player. He's just not one who's worth his max contract. And I think that a lot of people a lot of times confuse overpaid with bad at basketball. Um, and I think that that's happened with Joe Johnson in the past too. Just because he's not worth $120 million or whatever it is doesn't mean that he's not still a useful player on the court. All right, Jared, I want to move it over to the whole Eastern Conference here for a second, the West for that matter. Uh, time to get some, some sort of outlook here. I'm curious, and this is a little unorthodox, but your top two in the East and then your bottom two in the East. In top two, I think it's fairly obvious. In, in some order, Cleveland and Chicago. Um, there's just a level above everybody else. Um, the bottom two in the East, what I had when I did, you know, sort of my predictions podcast at uh, the HP Network was uh, Brooklyn and Miami in seven and eight. Well, if we ask you about the East, we naturally have to ask you about the West. The top two. Not quite as clear, although I think we all know where you're going to go. And the bottom two in the West, Jared. Yeah, the uh, the top two I had, you know, a lot of this obviously has to do with Kevin Durant's injury. I had uh, the Clippers and the Spurs in one and two. And then seven and eight, I believe, I had Houston and Portland. Okay. I, I, I like that top two, actually. Um, now, along the same lines with Houston, do you think Dwight Howard – pulls in Defensive Player of the Year this year, because that's my pick. Not my pick. was not my pick. Uh, I took uh, Serge Ibaka. Ooh, interesting. Mm, I like that. But, I mean, you know, Dwight in the playoffs last year looked really good defensively for, you know, a lot of the time that he was out on the court. Not Orlando-level good, but as good as he's looked in Houston on defense, I thought. So, if he's back, you know, maybe 90% defensively of what he was, 
in Orlando, then that's someone who's a really, really, really good defense player and has as good a shot at anybody at getting that award. Well, if we're talking about awards here, the big, the big one, MVP, I don't think it's even going to be a contest this year, but I'm obligated to ask you who you think is going to win MVP this year. Well, I wrote about this last week. Uh, I'm going with Blake Griffin. I think I like that. that uh, sorry? I said I like that. Oh, yeah. Um, I think, you know, it's been shown over the last few years LeBron can be had in the MVP race. He's, in the last four years, he's not won it as often as he's won it. And you need a combination of individual performance, team performance, and a narrative. And I think that, you know, Blake obviously is just entering his physical prime now. He's 25 years old. Um, Like I said, I think the Clippers are going to be one of the top two teams in the West. And in the last 30 years, only two times has an MVP's team not come in first or second in his conference. And I think that, you know, when you do that, most of the time, the MVP is a big-time scorer. Again, only two times in the last 30 years has an MVP not averaged at least 20 points a game. That was Steve Nash when he won in 05 and 06. So I think that if the Clippers do shoot to the top of the bracket, it's going to be Blake over Chris Paul, especially because, you know, over the last few years, Chris has had those injury problems. He's gone from playing, you know, 98% of games four years ago down to 75% last year. And, you know, nobody other than two guys has ever won the MVP playing less than 66 games. So I think that it will be Blake over Chris if the Clippers do shoot to the top of the West. All right, so for your, your full predictions, we'll direct uh, listeners to the paroxysm. But um, curious who... Your most surprising rookie this year, I think, will be. I mean, because I think the popular pick here for rookie of the year is Jabari Parker, but maybe a guy drafted middle of the first round has a nice season as a role player. Oh, man. Really putting me on the spot here, huh? I am. I love doing it. I was thinking you know, I was thinking Noah Vonley. I was with thinking the Hornets, Shabazz, maybe. honestly. I kind of think yeah, Shabazz I'm not might. I'm sure that Vonley is going to get enough minutes. You know, they already have sort of their planning to start, I believe, Marvin Williams uh, at the four as a small ball four and then still have, sorry, Cody Zeller ahead of him too. So, it's, I mean, it's interesting to see if he's even going to get enough minutes to be an impact guy. Um, maybe a guy like T.J. Warren uh, in Phoenix, if he gets enough chances to play on the wing, or even uh, if Denver decides to clear out their their wing glut, uh, maybe Gary Harris. Um a lot of these guys taken in the middle to late of the first round are sort of sitting behind other people and might not have much of a chance to play. So it's interesting. Well, Jared, I, I guess my question is, because the guy I was thinking about for that was Shabazz Napier. Do you think him in the heat, the new, the new Miami heat, is he going to thrive Shabazz? Because I was thinking about him as a surprise rookie of the year, because I think he's going to get the minutes, but you're going to have to tell me, are they going to succeed as a team, and is he going to be a part of that? Well, I think they're going to be a pretty good team. You know, not a guarantee to make the playoffs, but again, one of those you know five or six teams that's in the mix for the last two, three spots in the East. Whether he's going to get the minutes, I'm not really sure. I mean, he's still behind both Mario Chalmers and Norris Cole. Um, he's not a guy that I was really sold on as you know a first-round pick or a really good point guard in the league. It seemed like they kind of moved up to get him because they thought it was going to help them keep LeBron. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, you know, this is just, you know, personal preference type thing. I wasn't really sold that he could do the kind of things in the NBA that he did in college. You know, just lots of pull-up jumpers, things like that. When you're that small, it's difficult to get those off in the NBA. All right, one more for you, Jared. What's the biggest name 
dealt at the trade deadline. And I guess kind of because the reason I ask this is because I'm really wondering if Amon Shumpert gets dealt this year. Um, I think if they were going to deal Shumpert, they might have dealt him last year. Um, just because now this summer he'll be a restricted free agent. So it's kind of a, I mean, I guess they, whoever they trade him to gets to keep his, his bird rights and the matching rights and things like that. But, um, I mean, I think you have to look out for Rajon Rondo, right? Uh, at this point, it doesn't seem like him and the Celtics are going to be a long-term match. And whoever trades for him, again, would have those bird rights and get to offer him the biggest contract of anybody else out there. So I think that that's the guy to keep your eye on. All right. Well, Jared Dubin, very much, very many thanks for uh, joining us today. At Dubin 5 on Twitter, he uh, writes for Grantland, Hardwood Proxism, Bleach Report. All over uh, the all, internet. A, a bunch of internet things. Um, Jared, man, uh, thanks so much. We'll see you around uh, in New York, and uh, go enjoy some basketball tonight, won't you? Yeah, you too, guys. Thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jared. Awesome stuff from Jared. Uh, can't wait to see him around. Excited and, to just uh, see People in general oh, man. around the NBA, the basketball's back. It's going to be a fun time. The We're heading into back. the fun time of the year. We don't have to watch preseason and summer league. This is the games count now. Yeah, this, I know. Is, this feels good. There's a buzz. I mean, like Mel hits like a game winning shot in preseason. You're like, oh, all right, like whatever. It's preseason. Gives but you now chills, tonight, yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. All right, it's time for some predictions, guys. Uh, let's start with the East. Let's start with our top eight, and I think there are two spots open. Um, and I, I, I'm not going to rank all of these guys, but I, I will say that the the Bulls win the East. I think the the Cavaliers come in second and put the Wizards at three. And then I guess I'll say my bottom three. Uh, I'll say Charlotte, uh, Atlanta, and New York. I think the Knicks. I think the Knicks get the eighth seed. And I think I think Detroit is the is another Ooh, huge is contender shock team. for that eighth seed. I think Detroit has a great shot to get it. All right. Well, I, I obviously the top two, as Jared mentioned, are going to be Cleveland and Chicago yeah. in some shape or another. But I have Cleveland up top, Chicago second. I don't think it's it's going to be close. But I don't think Cleveland's going to struggle early as much as the Heat did when they first acquired LeBron. They have a solid group, and LeBron is a totally more mature player now. I think they're going to win the East. So my top four, I've got Cleveland, Chicago, Washington, and Toronto. I think Washington and Toronto are kind of not shoe-ins, but the 3-4 will be those two. Just don't know which order. And the bottom three, I have Brooklyn at six, Charlotte at seven, and the Knicks at eight. I think both New York teams get in. I think this is Brooklyn's swan song as far as making the playoffs for the, for the next few years. And the Knicks, they'll figure it out. I'm not so high on Atlanta. You know, I don't think they've done enough. Al's coming back, Al Horford, which will be a big addition. But that team just doesn't do it for me. And Charlotte, one of the new teams, not new to the playoffs since the Bobcats made it last year. But they have some new additions in Lance Stevenson and Noah Vonley. We'll see. You guys are going to probably look at me a little weird. Obviously, the top two are the same, but I actually have Atlanta at number three. I know you didn't have them Wow. Last, last year, before three. Al Horford got hurt, they were number three in the East. That's true. And, and Al Horford is very underrated. Right. And if you look at it, 
I don't think Toronto's going to hop into that three spot, and I'm pretty sure Washington isn't either because Beal's going to be out wow. for a little while. They have Pierce now instead of Ariza. Look at what's going on right here. So I, I just I, I like it. I, I, I just think, think that realistically, I like your boldness, it's five. But get out of here. I think realistically, it's five. But if if Beal was healthy all season, was going to be healthy all season, I think I'd put Washington up there. But with him out for so many weeks, I'm pretty sure they're going to that's going to affect their record in the long run, and they're going to drop down a bit. And then I actually have four Southeast Division teams in there. Because I have the Hawks, the Hornets, the Heat, and the Wizards. I think it's going to be a real interesting playoff. Wow. And then I think the eighth, because uh, Miami's definitely getting in. This, you and know, then, you know we're going to listen back to this. We're like, wow, look at Kev. He's if you're, so right. If you turn I'm, yeah, I'm going to call it. If you turn out to be a prophet, right, I will Who's eight? Who's eight? Who's eight? Who's eight? I think that's the fight between the New York teams. I think it's going to be the Knicks or Nets, and I'm, I just can't make a decision on who it's going to be yet. But I think your Pistons pick is kind of interesting, because they could be this, this year's kind of like Phoenix. Stand in with the basketball operation decisions, too. There's no right. there's no more, you know, we're not going to see what happened with White. No more do more. He's, you know, he doesn't know. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then like, Drummond's, Monroe. There's potential for that I, team. See, if Josh Smith Drummond doesn't take threes. I love Drummond yeah. and Monroe, but they just they haven't done it for me. Josh Smith is just a mess. They a lot of people have him Josh for, like, Smith. improved player of the year. I, I think like, Josh Smith yeah. is kind of just... Get it. I don't want him on my team. Yeah, I don't want the, Josh, the Pistons want have Josh a lot Smith. of fun names. I just don't think they'll ever put it together. And that's why no one wanted to give Josh Smith max money. Um, all right, Eastern Conference Finals. I have the Cavs over the Hornets. Uh, you just want wow. it to be different. I don't, you know, I don't see anything wrong with picking chalk. I have the Cavs over the Bulls. I think it'll be an epic series, and I can't wait to watch it. I actually, this year, I think Derrick Rose is going to stay healthy. I just have this weird feeling. So I'm going with the Bulls making the finals, even though everybody right. else is thinking Cleveland's going to you know, make it in. It will be a great year. series. I, I can't would wait not be shocked it. if either team won. I just, yeah, I, that could I, easily go seven games. I, I, and I could easily see the Cavs not getting into the finals. I think there's going to be a lot of chemistry uh, building that's going to happen this year. I don't think, I mean, look at like the Heat year one. No, and, no, and that's, I always say this, too, like with the assembly of super teams, when you put in a bunch of stars, if... If LeBron James, like, entering his prime, and Dwayne Wade, right at the end of his prime, he was good when he was, that no, first definitely. year, and Bosch, too, prime Bosch. You have those three talents, maybe three of the best talents assembling that we've really ever seen. If they couldn't win in year one, who's really going to win in year one? I don't think it's a talent issue, though. I think it's more of the but pieces the that you have that will put together. You know, LeBron has never played with a true point guard. Right. I hope... And, you know, I haven't been able to watch much of the Cavs, but I really hope they let the offense run through Kyrie first and to LeBron because off-ball LeBron is spectacular. And then their half-court offense is going to be filthy. I just oh, yeah. I just see these three Rebounds meshing way too. better. That Yeah, I see these three meshing way better than Bosh and Wade. But, yeah. again, it's tough whenever you get a new team. Yeah, but that's what I'm, I'm just saying, though. Like, it doesn't matter. It's just it takes time. And we saw, though, we saw that they were – much better than the rest of the league. I mean, it just takes a little bit of time to learn how to play together. I think that's going to happen with Love. I mean, Love wants to play in the post. It's going to work better if he stretches out to the three-point line or, or for a long two. It, it's just they're going to have to figure out four space, and they're going to have to figure out who's going to run that offense. Like you said, is it going to be through Kyrie? Is LeBron going to take the ball up all the time? Like, what's going to happen there? The only time we really saw a super team match was in 08. They did it in the, the Celtics did it in their first year together yeah. with Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce. That's true. And that worked because the pieces fit. And this Cleveland team, I think the pieces fit, like Matt said. This is a much better fit than what we saw just, with Miami in that first I year. Just think, I just think this LeBron is just so much more yeah. apt to, to come into a new team and bring them together. All right, let's go to the West now because we've spent a lot of time yelling about the, um, the Cavaliers. 
boy. I think the Clippers come out on top of the West. Um, I just think they're they're get, they've been getting better every year, and I, I just I mean I'm gonna keep, keep picking the Clippers not only to win the West but to win the finals until they actually. You did win it last year it. too. I did it last I, year I too. I actually have it. A little and then different. I have and then I have San Antonio and then I have. I have Oklahoma City. I, I want to pick. I almost want to pick Houston or Portland in that three spot, but I just know that when Durant comes back, it's going to be murder. I honestly don't think it will be that bad when he's not in. I pick San Antonio first, then I have the Clippers leaping OKC. You know, with Kevin Durant out for that time, and like you said, the Clippers are just getting so much better. Jared has Blake Griffin as the MVP, which takes a little bit of a stretch, but I could totally see him being in a top three for MVP discussion. You know. San Antonio, the Clippers, and Oklahoma City are going to be the top three. I like I like your creativity with Portland or Houston. I just don't think either of those teams are ready to leap into that elite part of the Western Conference. By the way, before we go to Kev, first top three and bottom three, I didn't get my bottom three. I say Golden State, um, Dallas, and then... Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe I think Dallas is six. Or, uh, there's so many good teams in the West. Golden State, Dallas, and I'm I'm so torn between Phoenix and the Pellies for this eight spot. I kind of want to say the Pellies because dark horse MVP candidate Anthony Davis. Yeah, plays no, for I, them. I'll I'll throw out my bottom three really quick. I have Dallas at six, Houston at seven, Phoenix taking the eight spot. But I did draw a line and put a few teams underneath that'll be right there, and the Pelicans wow. are part of that. The Pellies so are the Suns. I it can't will be decide. Fun. The Pelicans, I think Memphis will be in the discussion. I think we could yeah, see that's four teams from that race. division make the playoffs like Kev had in East. Kev, what do you got? So I had the same top three as you did, Matt, but my four through eight is a lot different. I'm gonna, I have Golden State at number four, Dallas at five, Portland at six, Memphis at seven, and then either Houston or Phoenix at eight. Kenny, I couldn't disagree with you more about Houston. I don't think their team is going to mesh this well this mesh this year well at all. For some reason, but I think Parsons losing Parsons, he he was really underrated. He's now going to he's be getting good in Dallas, but he's going to be great in Dallas. Carlisle is going I, to use him tremendously. That's the thing. Carlisle just figured, and he's my coach of the year pick. Not to jump ahead, he knows how to make these players that in other situations didn't work as well as they could have. He knows how to make them fit together perfectly, and that's why I have Dallas jumping up to number five. I think they could be a real threat this year. I, I just, I look at Dwight Howard and I see a guy who's looking like a top five, top ten type guy again. He looks really good. He's blocking shots. He's running all over the place. I just, I mean, I just it's don't never been graceful in the post. We'll see, we'll see it in your He's reflect a in your awards. Teammate. We'll see it reflect in your awards. Yeah, well, we'll just, I mean, yeah. like Zach Lowe was saying on the Grantland Basketball Live, he just stays to pick and roll basketball, blocking shots. He's going to be a force this year. Sorry, I was my computer. I just, I don't know. Something I'm sorry, he's just them. a horrible teammate. I know he led Orlando back in the day to the finals, but I just don't think he's a good enough teammate. He, Especially with these players around him, he doesn't have as much star power. Hopefully he respects Ariza enough, but again, Ariza's not in a contract year this year, and we've seen in the past <laughs> what he does when he's not in contract I'm years. on Team Kevin for that. All right, so uh, Western Conference Finals. Uh, I'm going to say the Clippers over the Thunder. I have the Spurs over the Clippers. I think finally the Spurs for once. I think the Thunder finally beat them. Matt and I are agreeing on a lot today. I'm going Spurs over Clippers as well. Okay, and I'm going to go with the Clippers over the Cavs for the NBA Finals. I have the Spurs over the Cavs. I have Spurs over the Bulls, so at least that's a little different. So the Spurs, you have them to repeat. So they're going to go to the finals three yep. years in a row. And then Duncan's going to retire. It's going to be like Elway in football. Six, he's going to get six, two championships. Six, six, first, team since the, be six, right? first team since the 92 Bulls to return an entire championship roster, I believe. So MVP time. 
All right, let's bang through these. You go first. Man. I got LeBron. Don't think it's going to be really that close. Jared disagreed, but I don't think it's going to even be close. Voters now can clear their conscience that he doesn't win every year. He's going to win this year. Yeah, for MVP, I have LeBron as well. I think he's going to get it. And I understand Anthony Davis is a possible pick, and even Blake Griffin. But I just don't know. Blake Griffin on that, that team with Chris Paul, I think they might take votes away from each other. Because I think they're both going to have good years. You're right, actually. Uh, you're kind of convincing me out of my Blake Griffin pick. And I, it's hard to... Honestly, it's so... I You know what, though? I'm going to pick LeBron because I'm so mad that he didn't win it all those years. Like, he should have won yeah. MVP two years now. Like, the Derrick Rose year... And I think last year too. I mean, even though you Durant think he was so good, it over Durant? he's oh, but he's been the best player in the league every single year. He's definitely, but the, you can't. You, you, I, I think there's exactly a mix voters between, have a clear conscience right, now. It's mix. It's a mix between voters, voters exhaustion and who's the who's the trendy guy this year. Durant was the trendy guy last LeBron year. LeBron is he trending again. Yeah, LeBron is trending in the U.S. I think. LeBron gets MVP. Rookie of the year, I got Marcus Smart. Uh, all right, and I move. love it. I, I think that he is is going to do very well in the Celtics. It's all about a guy who gets an opportunity. Jabari, yes. Jabari, probably the favorite. I love Jabari, too, this year. He's going to get a lot of shots. He's going to do whatever he wants on the floor. And I saw in Summer League, he is a special guy when he has that kind of power. I know he was playing against Summer League guys, but he was unreal. He was going right up to the cup. Uh, against and, you know Andrew Wiggins, right up there against Bennett, right up there against huge guys, I, and finishing. He's I, phenomenal. He reminds me of Carmelo. That said, Marcus Smart looked just as good. He runs the offense very well. I think if they trade Rondo, he gets some minutes. I think Marcus Smart gets the gets the award. I also pick Marcus Smart, but I will say that I was seriously considering Nerlens Noel. I think he's going to be a dominant force on defense. It's just that the Sixers will be so bad that no one will appreciate it. He's going to be a dominant force, and I think going forward, the Sixers are setting themselves up with some nice guys down low. Yeah. I'm really disappointed because Marcus Smart was one of my guys that if it wasn't Jabari Parker, it probably would be. Because I see the same thing, Rondo getting traded, and even if Rondo's not in for the beginning of the season, Smart's going to show what he can do and earn his minutes early in the year. Other than that, it could be Julius Randle in L.A. Because if he can leapfrog Carlos Boozer, he can really play. He's NBA-ready, and I think he could be another guy we could be talking about at the end of the year. All right, DPOI, I got Dwight. Got Anthony Davis. Pellies, like you said, are going to make love, a nice little jump. Anthony pick. Davis is a force to be reckoned with. That. I got DeAndre Jordan. He earned eight first-place votes last year, and I think this Clip- I, with this Clippers team, he's going to get it. I thought about him, but I couldn't make uh, the pick. All right, <laughs> most improved. I think Drummond takes that next step this year to superstar. I really do. I think that if the Pistons are in the race, and I think they're gonna they'll, they'll lean on Drummond because they know it's just a, it's a contract year for Monroe. He's gonna be a free agent. He's not. He's probably not coming back to the Pistons. He kind of just took that QO just because you know it was the smart thing to do. Uh, Drummond, shot blocker, finisher. Th- I, I love Drummond. I've always loved Drummond. Year three Drummond gonna be scary watch out for two pat though we were talking about this before i think pat patterson as well maybe not in a position where he can step in and be a starter and play big minutes but i think that he's gonna show that he belongs in this league he kind of already has with the raptors but i think he could have a better year maybe even a much better year. Uh, you know i've you got on me a little bit before for this pick i don't know why but i, I got anthony bennett i think in i, just new, it's, I think it's new, a popular pick. i don't think it's as popular as you think you know in his new role in minnesota a team that will give him definitely more opportunity. The dude averaged four points in three rounds last year. It can't get much worse. That's true. And people, you know, the NBA community wants to resolve that number one pick. So if he shows any signs of life, and I think he could average a very low double-double on that team. He's a big body. Showed some signs in summer league. He only got 12 minutes a game last year. Give me Anthony Bennett. All right. Very interesting pick. I had He hadn't even crossed my mind. I had told you guys before we started that I had five guys in mind. Okay. I'm really struggling to narrow it down. 
I know I got to pick one. So in second, I would have uh, Giannis Valanciunas. I think he could have a really great year okay. in Toronto. But I'm going with Alec Burks. Nobody has talked about it being a possibility. Homer. But it, I know it sounds like <laughs> I'm a homer, but I've really avoided it otherwise. He's he, not this bad. year, he's, not bad. he's going to be, he's if so they don't average. sign him to an extension, he's going to be in a contract year, going into restricted free agency, really looking for a big deal as the money starts going up in Fun the league. Fun pick, though. Alex like Burks, you saw, him, you saw him cross up Kobe. I know it's nah, Kobe he's, and he's, he's older. Good. I like him. I think Alec Burks could have a great year this year, and even Rudy Gobert on the Jazz as well. I wish it was Trey Burke, but. Yeah, uh, not going to be Trey. But he's going to have a good year this year. All right, we already got your coach of the year. Matt, who's your coach? Do you have one? Um, you know. I wanted to say um, I wanted to say Rick Carlisle, but I don't think the um, the Mavs are going to be that spectacular. So I'm going to go with an easy pick. I think David Blatt is going to lead the Cavs the first in the East. Uh, New coach right, in the NBA, right. they can't really avoid. That's banking on that he's going to be the coach for that team. Though I, I he think will do. I think Doc. I think Doc gets coached Doc's here. A solid pick. You know what, too? Because last year, everyone fell in love with Pop. Even though Pop's been there for so long, everyone finally was like, oh, my gosh. Pop. Look, he's one of the best ever. Wow. Coach of the year. Look at the great job. He is on. wow. That's, but so is Doc. Okay, no, I hear thing. your point. I Doc, hear your point. Now, Doc is loved around basketball now. I think that people see what he does with the Clippers this year, and they're like, wow, this guy. Wow. They're going to be like, wow, wow, look at this guy. Look at what he's doing with Chris Paul. Look at what he's doing with Blake Griffin. Look at this Clippers team. They're going to be one or two in the West. And Doc Rivers going to win coaches. Wow, year. like picking the Hawks that's, to finish third in the East. <laughs> yeah, that's a crazy pick. I had Rick Carlisle, like I said. I think he's going to really make this Mavericks team work. But that Doc pick is very good. I think I can really see it happening with the Clippers this year. A lot of people picked him to win the West, as you did. I think people fall in love with Doc this year. Yeah. Just, right? I, I think, he I kept think that team together through a lot of adversity, Black. and there's reason to pick him. Got to look at the trends, man. They're, they're Tel Aviv. With the old coaches. Who are, who are experienced? Think they're gonna fall in love. All right. Any other any other awards that you have picked that we didn't uh, go over? So sixth man of the year. Oh, sixth I, man. For me, That's it was right. between Taj Gibson and Jamal Crawford for his third time. I'm going with Taj Gibson because he's playing for this Bulls team that I think is going to be amazing in the East. Is I, I picked him to win, and I, I'm really thinking it's going to be Taj Gibson this year. He jumped out last year and had just a great year. I think it'll be him. We all think the Clippers are going to improve. Probably maybe jump in Thunder in the West, possibly even the Spurs. So I did pick Jamal Crawford. He had like 18. Points a game shooting like 36 percent from three if he gets any better you can't not give it to him give me jamal yeah i gotta go with isaiah thomas he's just gonna he's like he's gonna eat this year i mean great great signing over the offseason i come on isaiah thomas is is awesome um all right before we go i know it's been very rushed we have to do picks tonight real quick spurs four point favorites over the mavs Give me Spurs. Give me the Spurs too no Kawhi tonight no Tiago splitter but i think the Spurs are going to come out and defend their rings in their first game I'm going to practice continuity here, and I'm going with the Mavs. I think without Kawhi, I think the Ma- this Mavs team is going to show what they can do. I think with Dirk and Chandler Parsons and getting Tyson Chandler back as well, they're going to be a really interesting team. You know, yeah. Obviously, Monte Ellis you and Dirk are still me. playing I'm a, together. I'm going to switch to the Mavs. Um, <laughs> all right, Pellies and Ma- uh, Magic. Pellies are 10.5-point favorites. Don't think they cover. I think I think that's a I think just because opening night like I think it's a closer game than ten and a half. I don't. I think the Pelicans are going to show that they're they're a real team, and Anthony Davis is going to eat it up tonight. Give me the Pelicans. Yeah, I think the Pelicans as well. Without Old Depot on the Magic because he's out with his facial fracture, I just don't see them putting up that many points. They they're going to really struggle to score this year, and I think yeah, the Pelicans are, are going to blow I, them I, out. I know. Of the water. I know. Major. I'm not dumb. Yeah. I think they're going to be really bad too. I just I just don't know. No, no. The opening night thing is a very fine opening argument. Night Absolutely. Feeling. I just have it. Um, and then the Rockets are getting six, or excuse me, the Lakers are getting six and a half against the Rockets right now. 
And I kind of want to say that Kobe kind of has a night Kobe game. magic. No, get out of here. The Lakers and are going to be And we were pitiful. talking about the Rockets. Not that great. I do I hope know. to see Julius no, Randle put up a good showing against Dwight. I'm going to take I'm gonna take the Rockets. That's uh, Rockets. I don't right think now. it's really close. Rockets. Yeah, I'm going Rockets as well. And Byron Scott added some fuel to the fire by earlier today. You can look online to see what he said. It's going to be an interesting game, though. I think it'll be closer than some people might expect. Uh, NBA season back. What, what, Basketball. What, biggest, biggest surprise this year. What's going to happen? Bold. Give me something bold. Give me something bold. Really bold? Yeah. I think, honestly, I think one of the New York teams makes it to the second round of the playoffs. Wow, that's bold. Kev? I already gave you Atlanta at number three. Yeah, that's yeah. his bold. I think What's that's your my bold? bold? What are you boldly predicting? I'm going to say that uh, Dion Waiters right in contention for sixth man of the year. Like, could wow. even win it. Okay. Like I, I know my pick was oh, Isaiah. Oh, you need someone playing with LeBron to like, be good this, this year. But like my sleep, <laughs> Dion Wait. I know Dion Waiters gets no respect, man. All right, we'll everyone see. yells. He's they, the new Mario they, Chalmers. They, they make fun of Dion Waiters. He's the new Mario Chalmers. Off the bench, he scores. Who knows? We'll see you next week. Thanks Enjoy for tuning the games. in.